welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we, we read Parashat Pinhas and towards the middle of the parasha we see how Moshe uh, begins dividing the land of Israel. He starts giving to each tribe their, their portion. And then the morning prayers we always say, how fortunate are we? How good is our portion? How pleasant is our lot? And how beautiful is our inheritance? So these three words that pop out in this verse, that the, 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 the portion, the lot, and our, our inheritance, are forms that are repeatedly, these words are repeatedly uh, uh, given to us. They repeatedly appear in the Torah, in the Torah's account of how the promised land was given to the Jewish people. So the, the, the land was appointed <coughs> to them in accordance with their population before the giving of the land to the to the Jewish people before they came in and Moshe Rabbeinu give each tribe their own uh, lot their own uh, portion we see he made a census and he and he went tribe by tribe and counted how many of them there were and uh, what they did so we see that it was a portion to them in accordance with the populations numbers and particulars needs of each uh, tribe and family but there always also it was not only given to them like this there was also a casting of lots to determine who should get which part of the land and the, the commentaries offer various explanations as how these two differ, how these two are different, indeed contradictory methods were applied. Like in one way they were, they were given a portion and then they were given a lottery. And finally the land is, re, is repeatedly described as the people's inheritance. So we have three dimensions to the people's relationship with the land of Israel. Uh, in, in this parasha. We see that there's three dimensions to this relationship. There is a rational relationship in which logistics, considerations such as the population size, the vocation of the tribe, for example the tribe of Sebulun, they were, they were uh, merchants that used to go in, the, in, the, in, the, in boats, they were sea merchants, so they had to be given a, a piece of land that had, um, that had uh, the, the ocean there that they could um, that they could build a port so they could uh, it would be easily accessed to them and it would be different like for example the portion of the land that was given to Judah who were wine merchants and you see that Dan had 64,000 soldiers so they also had different needs from the for example the tribe of Menashe who had 52,700 shepherds so to one they have to give a certain type of land to the other one they had to give a certain type of land and so there's a second dimension which is a supra-rational dimension in which they were casting lots in which the person surrenders to a dynamic which to him is based on random choice uh, rather than reason so the first uh, dimension is a rational dimension the second one is an irrational dimension 
And then you have the third dimension, which is intrinsic connection, the inheritance uh, to the land, which is really something that is something that the person uh, owns by his own birthright. So a shepherd can inherit a shipping empire and, and a state coming into his possession, um, or, a, or a day old infant can, for example, inherit, inherit a, a huge mansion and he doesn't even know he owns this mansion. So regardless of the fact that he doesn't know what to do with it and is not even aware of its ownership, on the other hand, inheritance is certainly not arbitrary. On the contrary, it's the person's birthright. So something that he received because of who he is and, what, and, and where he comes from. So in, fa in fact, according to Torah law, inheritance is not considered a transfer of ownership. It's not like he's transferring ownership. Inheritance, rather, is the son's ownership, is a continuation of his father's ownership. So he's a, it's like a legacy. It's something that continues from birthright. So the Hasidic masters explain that these three elements of our relationship with the land of Israel reflect a similar complexity in our relationships, uh, in all our other relationships, our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with others and our relationship with Hashem. So appointment and allotment is the daily fare of life when we appoint and we allot, it's the day-to-day, -day, every minute choices that we make. Uh, am I gonna dress in pink or am I gonna dress in blue? Uh, am I gonna drink coffee? Am I gonna drink tea? Uh, do I have to give sedaka today because I earned a good check or I don't have to give sedaka today? So this, this um, appointment and allotment is the daily fare of life, every day, nay, every minute. We pick and we select from the options that are given to us during the day and they're presented to us and we feel that we have free choice. We think we're choosing all day. The question is, are we? Are we really choosing? And in each of these choices dwell the three elements of the rational portion, the supra-rational lottery and the quintessential inheritance. So furthermore, this is so because it reflects and evolves these self-same elements in God's relationship with us. So let's, uh, let's see how these three dimensions of how Moshe Rabbeinu gave the land to the Jewish people um, are connected uh, to our daily choices and how we make our choices, uh, these three dimensions. So there's the three levels of choice. So one is a compelled choice. And this level of choice relates to the conventional everyday usage of the term. For example, am I gonna drink coffee or am I gonna drink tea? Shall I paint the, the, the fence of the house white or green? Should I take the job in New York, New York or should I go to Seattle? What should I choose? So as long as no one is for, forcing your decision, yours can be said to be free choice. You think that you're choosing freely, but are you really tru truly choosing freely? Are you truly choosing freely? Because the, the reality is that you're drinking coffee because your taste buds, they enjoy more coffee than tea. So your choice is not based on truly free choice. You're choosing because it tastes better for you. Or for example, uh, if you're gonna paint the, the, the fence of your garden white or green, okay, I love more white, it looks nicer, it looks more, it looks brighter, but at the end of the day, it's gonna get dirty. 
so if I paint it green maybe it's gonna last more so this is how we make our day-to-day -day choices and um, in reality we think that we're choosing but we're really not being free of choice there's a reason that is compelling us to choose in a certain direction so ultimately you choose what you did because there is something about it which made you need or need or want it so we see here the the Rebbe teaches us this is from from I like to give um, I like to give honor to where I take my classes from but this is from the meaningfullife.com and it's based on the teachings of the Rebbe the Rebbe teaches us that <clears throat> that when we choose because there's a certain Thing that influences us to choose in a, in, a, in a certain way in reality our choice is very limited and we're not really choosing freely then there's the second type of choice which is called a random choice and this random choice is connected to the to the lottery of when the land was given because it was random like it was arbitrary like a person would win a piece of land just because it was a lottery there was no compelling reason to give this person this piece of land so suppose that you are all about all about above it suppose that nothing about these choices of the tea or the or the coffee or the white fence or the green fence has the power to hold you or sway you that you that you the taste of coffee and social niceties are equally irrelevant to you for you it's the same to drink tea than to drink coffee it doesn't make a difference uh, you really don't care if the if the fence gets dirty or not uh, so what is compelling you to choose here so since the advantages and shortcomings of both options are of no significance to you you're in a position to make a free non-influence choice to select one two or more options for no reason other than that's the the one you've chosen so nevertheless this is not the ultimate freedom of choice true you are free of the attractions and rationalizations which would influence you to make a particular choice but how did you choose how did you come to choose coffee over tea or how did you end up painting the gate white and not green how did you decide this so the choice could have gone either way it doesn't matter so where are you in all of this so in what way have you exercised your freedom of choice so you have merely surrendered to something that is beyond you so here really you're not choosing you're surrendering you really don't care it's not it's not about the choice it's about you really are above it you really don't care so you're really not making any choice so then you have the third dimension which is connected to the inheritance of the given of, of the land which is the quintessential choice and we see here that the Rebbe teaches us that we seem to be in, catch, in a catch-22 situation if there ever a free choice between A and B do we really have a choice in our lives to choose between A and B between the tea and the coffee do we really choose between a white fence or a green fence what what makes us what drives us to choose a certain thing if you choose a for a reason if there is something about its qualities that attracts you then really you're not choosing 
the, 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 the attraction is the one that's choosing, not you. So your choice is determined by its qualities and by your own biases and behavior patterns. It's not really you who's choosing. And if you choose it for no reason, again, you are not choosing at all because there's nothing in you that is making a choice. So only serving as a pawn to capricious turns of fate. So you're like, you gave up, okay, whatever happens to me, that's what's, I'm, I'm go with the flow. So that's also not choosing. But what if your choice is determined by the very essence of who you really are, of who you are? So what about the choice to live? So the choice to be free, the, the choice to have a child. These are the things that are really, that give us freedom of choice. If the coffee or the tea, this is not free will, this is not free choice, you are already come to this world wired in a way that you're gonna choose one or the other, you're predetermined to choose one or the other. It's not your choice, you think you choose, but you're not choosing really. It's not a, a high level of choice. Or if you just gave up on life and you let life choose for you, also you're not choosing anything. So what the Reb is teaching us is here, is that in reality the only true choice that we have in life is if we live true to who we really are. And who are we really? We are a part of God. We have mamish, a piece of Hashem inside of us, which is called a godly neshama. It's a, a, a neshama elokit. It's a spark of Hashem within us. So when we make our choices based on this godly soul that we, we have within us, and we have either the animal part of us that is instinctive, pleasure-driven, um, egocentric, and that's the part that chooses for us, then also we're not choosing because you're an instinctive person. You're, you're, you're not being able to choose. You're just acting by impulse. Like the, the first uh, inherit, the first uh, giving of the, of the land, that it was appointed to each tribe according to the amount of people they had, the vocation they lived on, it had a reason. So the animal soul is the same way. He's gonna tell you, no, drink 10 cups of coffee because you need to be awake all day. And, and you're not really choosing. It's your instinctive nature, the one that's choosing. There's a reason for you to be doing that. But the divine soul is a whole different entity. It's a part of Hashem. It's infinite like God. We cannot even understand what this is. But this part of us really only wants to do what Hashem wants. That's it. So when we break away from the, from the egocentric part of ourselves, from the I, from the me, and we turn to the, to the, to the godly part, and we're going 180 deg degrees the other way, because we're choosing to be connected to Hashem. And that's when we really have a choice, because we choose to be connected, we choose to do the godly thing. This is the only choice we have in life. And um, there's this rabbi, Rabbi Yosef Hillel in Israel, he's a very big Kabbalistic rabbi, and he teaches that the, the true free choice is the will. The will, what you want, your desire, the desire, that's your choice. So whatever you're gonna desire in life, that's where you're gonna end up going. If you desire to be a person that has all these materialistic uh, things in your life, this is where you're gonna end up being. But the desire is the want, is the want to be connected to Hashem. This is the free choice. It's 
to want to be connected to God. So here the Rebbe is telling us that if your choice is determined by the very essence of who you are, what about the choice to live, the choice to be free, the choice to have a child? Certainly these choices are motivated by a reason, but there is not an external reason, nor is it a reason that is related to your external self, your mindset, your emotional makeup, your personality. The reason for these choices is you. Because this is what Hashem wants from you. Hashem wants you to live. Hashem wants you to have children. It, it, it's the first mitzvah he gives Adam. Be, 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 multiply. Go and multiply. Bring children to the world. For life, but the desire to be. And what is the freedom if not the opportunity to realize one's most quintessential potentials? So that is the true freedom. The true freedom is to want to access our potential, our godly potential. And so the children, the, the choosing life, all these things really are liberty and liberty. This is what gives us the liberty. So in other words, we usually see the existence of more than one option as the hallmark of our choice. We think that choice is between A and B, and that's what gives us the ultimate freedom of choice. But in reality, our ultimate freedom of, of choice is to choose to be, to be who we really are. To, to, to live up to our essence, to, to live with our true selves. So we see here that um, the Rebbe finishes up saying that the, 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 to summarize, on the first and lowest levels of choice, our choices are determined by the external factors, by, by things that make us choose a certain thing because this is what I have to choose because I need a house with four rooms because I have six kids and I need four rooms. So you're not really choosing. It's, it's something that, that, that certain situation makes you look for a certain thing. Then the second one is, um, is a person that is free of compulsion. And again, there are two or more options. But the very fact that the choice can go either way indicates that ultimately it's not the person himself. He can care less. He doesn't care. So he chooses not to, not to choose. He's not choosing anything. Whatever falls in his lap, that's what he's going to take. And then we have the third one and the highest one in which every choice is determined by something. Uh, the, the true choice of action is determined by what Hashem wants a per that for that person. So we see, we see here, the Rebbe finishes off talking about, about life. For example, that when we choose life, when a person can choose every day to live or not live. And we see that ultimately, this, this is the, 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 the outgrowth of, of the third, um, of the third uh, way of choosing, the third dimension of choice, which connects you to the, your quintessential self. Uh, that recognizes that ultimate his desire for life is not caused by its particular benefits, nor is it the lot he has drawn from the blue yonder of arbitrary impulse. It is an expression of his very eye, an expression of a definite, unequivocal choice to project his being and potentials into the arena of physical existence. So when we choose life, when we choose life, when the, Hashem says choose life, what it means is choose to be connected to me. A person can breathe and live for a hundred years in this world without choosing to be connected to Hashem. 
So when he doesn't live a life where he's connected to God, in reality, he's not living. He's existing. He's existing. He, 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 he takes up space in the world, but he's not living. A true life is when a person uh, connects to his deeper self, to his essence, which is a part of God. And that's when he chooses life. So I wish you a blessed week. Um, you know, on, on, on Thursday, we have a fast day. It's the 17th of Tammuz. It's a, it's a very sad day. It's when the, the walls of the temples were breached. And uh, we fast at the third three weeks before Tisha B'Av begin. We, we start doing, we abstain ourselves from certain things at this time. Like we don't listen to music. We don't cut our hair. We, we, we mourn, it's a, it's a time of mourning. And so the reality is that life, choosing life, is not when everything is fine and, and well. It's not when I work and I make money and I, I, I keep Torah and mitzvahs and Hashem gives me everything I need. This is not choosing life. Choosing life is being connected to God regardless of the situation. If we're, if we're having a good time in our lives, Baruch Hashem, connect yourself to God. There's not a nicer way to connect to God than to give thanks to Him for all your blessings. But if a person is going through a hardship, also this is a reason to connect to Hashem. Because at the end of the day, everything that comes to us comes from Him. So when we come to understand this, this, this way of living, not because of what He's going to give to me, not because if I'm a good son, I'm going to have blessings, because this is not the way the world works. It's not like if I'm a good kid, I'm going to have all good of what I think it's good. We're going to have the life we have to have. Right now, we're all going through a pandemic. It's not an easy time. We're all suffering. And this is a time to, to take the opportunity, the moment, and, and connect to Hashem and do what He wants. So if He wants you to be home cooking meals for your family, okay, this is where He wants you now. This is your portion at this moment. This is your lot. This is your inheritance. This is what you're meant to be doing at this moment. So when you do it, understanding that this is your place at this moment, and this is where he wants you to be, then you choose. You choose life. You do it. You do it happily. You do it uh, gratefully, gracefully. And, uh, and, and, and that's what it means to have free choice. Or either then you don't choose life and you complain all day and you're miserable and you just go the other way. So choose life. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.